But really, Yaz, where's the A? Where is it? She went the whole episode without the A. She didn't address it at all. (laughs) No one said anything? She did not. Did someone steal the A? Did you buy a necklace without an A? is it? Was it discounted because there's no no vowels? Who's selling a Yaz necklace with Y, A, and Z, let alone? And they're like, you could only have two letters? You could get it discounted if you only have two letters. What? (laughs) Hey y'all, this is the Queer Archive, a queer and feminist Doctor Who podcast. I'm Brenna. And I'm Caitlin. And... This is Security Protocol 7.2. The Echelon Circuit has been activated. The Echelon Circuit has been activated. We're being pulled away from our current timeline to talk about the Series 12 festive special, Revolution of the Daleks. Please stow any hand luggage and prepare for departure. Okay, so if you haven't been with us on an Echelon Circuit episode before, this is messy first reactions like we just finished watching a couple hours ago now, actually. But... If you are looking for, like, really cogent, controlled analysis, (laughs) come back in a couple weeks when we do our full episode on Revolution of the Daleks. So we're going to go through, like, some random reactions. We're going to talk about the writing. Uh, There's a couple of notes about direction. And then we'll finish by talking about Team TARDIS. But if you came looking for the Black Archive, it ain't here. Wait for it, fam. (laughs) Okay, so random thoughts. Let's go. Okay. It happened. (laughs) We did it. We we have been waiting for this episode for so damn long. It was, as pretty much always in Doctor Who, a mixed bag, but mostly delightful, I would say. And I would all, I think it's safe to say that I am honestly very excited to still watch this again. Yeah, it was a fun one. Super fun. We were talking about it earlier. I feel like we were on a high. We were like balloon that just got stabbed a little bit, a little bit with a little needle with the, what is it, a post credit? Video? Yeah, it was a post-credit scene. Yeah, that we didn't see initially. So we had this beautiful window of time where we really were just enjoying reliving the episode that we just watched. Like I said, we enjoyed it and then got deflated a little bit, but we will get there. I gotta say, I feel like we're gonna have so many feels to talk about when we get to the full episode and we get to dive into the heart of the TARDIS. Yeah, totally. It's coming, but we'll talk a little bit about it here. Yeah, I really, I I don't have a field to talk about, so I'm just pivoting to my first random thought, which is these are party Daleks. I really like their little Tron lighting, the the Daleks. (laughs) Is that the the low lighting that changes colors? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then it turns out all the Daleks really get to get lit because in this episode, the Dalek fleet just packed that spare TARDIS like it was the first night out on a post quarantine world. The scene of them all going in and then the cut of all of them inside the TARDIS was very fucking funny. What the fuck are we doing in here? <laughs> but it was kind of like we heard some rave music. <laughs> I told you, they're clubbing. <laughs> People who showed up to work this day, Sagoon, yes. You put that trap beat on the Dalek theme. Yes! Oh my god, when those security droids get their theme track, let me tell you, Brenna and I both went, oh snap, they got some dark trooper shit up in here. Yes, inject it 
straight into my veins. It was great. I, I enjoyed it. that yeah. a lot. We had just watched the Dark Trooper episode too, oh, so Mando, it's like yeah. <laughs> perfect timing. This is the content we've been waiting for. Absolutely, Sagoon came through as always. He did honestly agonizingly well in this episode. I mean, he always does, but it was actually the absence of the fam's track as Ryan and Graham were leaving. When that hits us, we realize, oh, this theme is probably leaving with them. Yeah, I'm sure he'll compose something new for what's-his-nuts. I was going to say a Thasman-type, you know, Jody and Mandip, or Yazin, the doctor theme, but... So, the cute breakout scene. (laughs) (laughs) It was a super cute breakout scene. Jack Harkness heard our call of Be Gay Do Crimes and he took it as an order. (laughs) I love it. We literally shouted that in the episode. Speaking of which, can I say, totally, sign out about crimes. If the doctor gave me a psychic paper, damn, I would abuse that shit so hard. Also, I laughed really hard at the squareness gun coming back. Oh my gosh. all the things. (laughs) We loved it. Give us that shit. Absolutely. The breakout ball was delightful. That was fun. Especially after all that sadness. The damn, damn tragedy. Our doctor out here talking to cameras. (laughs) Like every part of that scene. My heart. Also, she broke out way faster than I thought she would. I really thought she was going to be in jail. I thought it was going to be Dr. Light. I was very pleased. I wasn't mad about it, obviously. No, no, no. I was happy. She, like, it was, Jack was just there. We saw, like, the one little sequence of her, you know, day to day. And what was she in there for, decades? Yeah, she said decades. (laughs) I hate it. Yeah. I did, I liked um, when they went back inside the TARDIS, and we've been in this TARDIS for two series now, but we got a couple more of those little detail shots, and there's little Gallifreyan labels everywhere. Stop. Like on the control panel. I totally panel. missed that. Oh, when she was That's like precious. going for new knobs and shit, it was showing that there's like little labels next to them, but it's in Gallifreyan, and I was like, this is cute as fuck. This is why Good I- job, production team. This is why I had to rewatch this, because I feel like I missed a ton, but that's fine. Yeah. I would like to state for the record that Jack Robertson should have gotten Dalek. This is bullshit. I cannot believe they left him alive Fuck for another that dude. episode. He should have died. He should have died in arachnids. Let's be real, but you know how Doctor Who does. Yeah. Again, I'm I love reoccurring villains, so that's cool. But like in the context of like who you could have brought back, whatever, whatever. I don't really consider him a villain. I consider him an antagonist because yeah, he yeah, is sure. so fucking inept in every possible too. way that it's not like it's not like when the weeping angels show back up or when Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't the silence popped up. I was oh, like, okay, that was dope. Yeah, yeah, those are bad guys. No, he's just I a just like clown. Buffoonery. I just like threads. I just yeah. like any occurrence at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, this seemed like just his time to go. His he time to get to yeeted out of this universe. Yeah. And he got to go in, go inside the TARDIS. That was just, it was That made me mad, too. Disappointment, yeah. That made me mad, too. Well, Another I'm, man with an unwashed ass has an opinion again. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but I was having a great time. I was having a fun time watching this. And we actually lived in a world because... The way we watched it didn't have the post credit scene, so for like 10 minutes, we were yeah. living in a world where it was just going to be Yaz and 13, oh, and then somebody... remember what that felt that like? great. And then somebody tweeted the welcome to the TARDIS, John Bishop, and I was like, oh, well, never mind. Moment gone. Yeah. 
sound of balloon swiftly <laughs> deflating. Air, yeah. yeah, okay, so John Bishop. To say it, I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. He was announced. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. And y'all, I am, I'm just so tired. I'm just so just fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> just like this wasn't about Bradley Walsh. It wasn't about Matt Lucas. Those actors actually sound like pretty rad humans. Mm. This is not about John Bishop. I actually don't really know who the guy is, to be honest. I'm sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Yeah. This <laughs> Haven't is seen him in life. I'm sorry to this man. Would yeah. not recognize him. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, he could have been the sweetest, funniest comedian on this planet. This is about Doctor Who having literally decades and decades worth of white characters on the TARDIS not being able to imagine a season without a white man as a part of the main cast. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not like they there wouldn't be white men in the season. Yes, they run into they them be there all the time. That's right. There'd be a, many every every episode. It also feels really discouraging to fans who were hoping to see Yaz and Thirteen get closer, Thasmin or not. Yeah, just them getting close, them getting development. They both got super underserved the last two seasons, to say the least, and they need all of the attention for a while. Yeah. It, I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get to the the full proper episode, yeah. but it's also, it is f- fucking on brand that there was an opportunity to have an old lady TARDIS, and they just chicken right shitted the, uh, the way out. Like, just, fuck, nope, we can't do that. Gotta put a middle-aged white man in there to, to balance. And it's like, okay, let's say you have to put a middle-aged white man. Why does he have to be from the modern age, like, the same time frame? Like, why couldn't it be somebody from the past or the future or an alien white dude? Like, expand your horizons, oh. please. <laughs> like, even the tiniest bit. I'm not even asking for something I outrageous. Guess. Like, I don't know, disabled or queer. We were, although we were getting bleak in the live reaction once we'd all <laughs> discovered. Because <laughs> like everyone was like, he's not going to be gay. And I was like, he won't be gay. And then I was like, but actually, if he's gay, he wouldn't be interested in the doctor. And that means if there's one gay person, there won't be Thasman. So anyways. Like they couldn't possibly have two gay people or three gay people on no, the TARDIS. It would have to be, he one. would have to be the one slot, right? That's right. So I'm like, that's not great. The box checked. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, honestly, there shouldn't be people added to this TARDIS for a no, while. No, stop like, treating the TARDIS like a clown car. It, it's yeah, like this elevator you needs your to be jollies you know, closed. out with the shoving the Daleks into the spare There's TARDIS. So many <laughs> TARDIS is overbooked. Yes, but out of I know she's bigger on the inside. All of this the is people. fucking outrageous. Yes, outrageous. Out of all the people that you could have added, again. Don't add to the TARDIS for a second. Why does it always have to be the presence of a white man? For too many times too long. Lock it up. Come with something new. Do something fucking different. Also, you just wrote out... We don't know who he is yet, but he's just like... I don't care. White middle-aged man, like, again? And he's also blue collar. We know, we know he's blue collar. So it's just like you took out a gram and put another one in. And you took and out a gram and... he's literally a comedian. <laughs> yeah. But you took out a gram and you also took out the, the first black companion since Bill. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. before that, Martha Jones, make that's me, it? This is going to make me miss... The fam TARDIS, which was too, too crowded. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm optimistic as fuck, and I'm going to try my fucking bestest to enjoy the fuck out of Series 13. Apparently, Brits love him. Again, I'm sorry to this man. I have no it's idea just, who he is. It's just, like, that just doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> again, doesn't. I could love this. He could be my favorite comedian. The TARDIS just doesn't need a white man for a second. No. For and a going, second. 
Please. going by the the priors we have on these two series, it means that he'll be the most developed out of the three, and that's super disappointing. This is the, this is it. We have waited how many? Se- I mean, we might get into this again. So sorry if this gets redundant when we get to talk. About I know yes. it sounds like we didn't enjoy this episode, but we really did. We're just really? working through our feelings. It's just why did I have to see this right after I enjoyed the episode? Yeah. Especially since we're not going to get let us have a moment for months. Yeah, you could like have like announced. Months. You could have waited. <laughs> you could have let us have three months and then announced it, and then you would still have many months of this. Anyways, but like, it's fine. is it fun? Is Anyways, it fine? <laughs> we've waited how many seasons for Yaz to maybe get development, and now that she's not going to be the only companion, it's just looking bleak. Yeah, and it's looking unlikely that she'll get the development that. She, she needs and deserves to make up for all of it that she lost. Like, yeah. she might get some. Yeah. But, like, and who knows when this dude is going to get added on. It could be a couple episodes in. Oh, I'm guessing first episode. There is. Because they've only filmed, they started filming in November, which means they've only filmed one, maybe two, before production shut down for the holidays. And he sure. got COVID. So, I'm guessing he's in the, the opener. Well, they might introduce him, but he might not join the TARDIS right away. I've seen... An, epi- or an episode and a scene with Yaz and 13 and he wasn't there I've seen two scenes um stop spoiling yourself on tumblr I know <laughs> right there and I and I follow all the hashtags but don't don't take tumblr away from me that is what's keeping me here <laughs> You know, like, let's be real at this point. The fans and the fan content is what's keeping me dedicated to this. Because Chips... I would watch no matter what. Because that's who I am. Jodie Riddaker, I would watch anything with her. And I am very ready for the Master 2 to come back in an episode next series, I'm guessing. I'm also hoping and guessing for Timeless Children to resurface and maybe more Ruth Doctor. Keep knocking. <laughs> so there's things that really, really keep me dragging along. I'm really wishing that I had two hearts. One happy and one full of gay, righteous rage. <laughs> but alas. But alas, this one singular poor heart has to feel all of those things at once for this show, as always. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, we're on to the writing now. Okay, More let's writing. talk about the writing. Let's <laughs> talk we, about it. Since we've been complaining about broader writing. Again. I told you, this is messy. These yeah. Eshon circuits, they're not. And again, I, I know it sounds like we didn't have a good time, but we liked this episode besides the post-credit announcement and what it means. Absolutely. You're hearing some fresh, fresh takes after watching that thing, the video. So yeah. we will try to reel it back and remember how we felt watching this amazing episode. Speaking of the writing, I will first say... I felt like there was a really good balance between the emotional heavy lifting scenes and the Dalek army taking over the Earth whole plot in those scenes. Yeah. I felt like there wasn't really clunky breaks in between them, but they flowed really naturally. Yeah, I think the... I agree with, like, the balance of scenes. I think the pacing is still just a little bit off because the crises get resolved way too fast. So the, like the Doctor beats Who, though. don't quite hit <laughs> Doctor Who does that a lot. I love when it... It feels more nuanced than that, yeah. but it does it a lot. So I don't know. I kind of expect it. And at the end, I, I think I, I said that exact thing. I was like, pretty neat and tidy, yes. but I'll take yeah. it. You know, <laughs> It's fine. I also think I just need to 
watch it a second time to really absorb a lot of the writing and just what it's doing here and perhaps, you know, form more coherent thoughts. But we are almost at the end of series 12 in our regular run. So we'll be here soon. It's true. But, okay, as for first impressions on the writing, I think it comes down to three or so main thoughts about the plot, colorblind casting, and feels, feels, feels. Actually, let's get colorblind casting out of the way. (laughs) So we'll start with that. Oh, boy, we just, we did not interrogate our internal racial biases at all, did we? Not a little bit. Not even a little bit. My first note, literally the first two notes in my my note for this entire, because I have like a little... I keep running notes while we're watching it. So the first two notes were literally something bad is going to happen to this very nice truck driver, isn't it? And then the next <laughs> the next note I had was, what did I just fucking say? <laughs> yep, like clockwork. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's part of an overarching pattern we've been talking about. You get the nice little truck driver who dies at the beginning. Leo gets turned into a puppet and then he gets executed. Mm-hmm. The whole scene where Jack Robertson hears Ryan's voice and thinks he's getting mugged, like... Just not even a tiny bit of forethought on how all of those would sort of point towards the larger pattern that mm-hmm. has been talked about openly, not just by us, but by people who are on the show. Remember, Lenny Henry was like, they'll never cast a black person as mm-hmm. the doctor. I mean, they they did bring Joe Martin in, praise, but it's part of a conversation that's already happening. It's just like, hire one consultant, one person of color to be in your writing room. Please just hire, one. Well, yeah, please hire more. Because, like... Yes, hire more! Oh, my God! Yeah. (laughs) Just one. Yeah, the fact that we have to ask for one at the end of the day, like, I would hate for them to do hire one and then think that that one person can represent the whole community and then be like, well, this person, I have a black friend who said it was okay, you know? Okay. So, Leo, I think he's really the one that did the most damage here. And my first thought was, well... Of course, after Leo, you are so cute. It's unreal. My first thought was, don't love that they're making a black man the engineer for basically a really clear-cut metaphor for militarizing police. So casting a black man to play this role says a couple of things, and then choosing to kill that man when other Daleks who have latched onto humans before usually release them, that's even worse. So the line... You don't have to kill him. Correct. I do not have to. And yet. Felt a little on the nose in a way that I don't think Chimnall understands. Like, that line could have been to Chimnall. You don't have to kill him. And yet. So, if you're going to write or cast a black person to do the violence to, let's face it, mostly their community, because no doubt at all, everything about the age of security is super racist. (laughs) So, if you're going to show a black man doing that... Not giving him a redemption arc to whatever degree you have room for it is a mistake. It is similar to when a film or a show gets away with police propaganda because there is a lovable black cop in there. Or when we are talking about police accountability and we only show pictures of black and brown police officers. As if the police are not a problem full stop period, no matter who is behind the badge, and that police and border patrol don't specifically recruit from black and brown communities when they are most desperate offering good paying jobs that that community wouldn't have access to otherwise. Literally the security this episode was talking about. Moral of the story, go reread Nicole A.K. Black Tardis, her article about colorblind casting in Doctor Who specifically. We've been over this, fam. 
we've been over this. This. Yeah, it just, it takes us out of the episode. You're actually trying to make a productive point, and then you just undercut that point because you treat a black character like this. It's something Doctor Who continues to do, and we're waiting for them to not do it. Yeah. Honestly, for me, the least believable thing about the writing in this whole episode (laughs) is that Brits forget about the Daleks every single year. We bring this up all the time. And yet... She rolls those Daleks out in front of number 10 Downing Street. You're telling me people wouldn't be like, but the fucking Dalek! Like, if a Daleks invaded my country once a year, every year, for five years straight, and then just every time they popped up after that was bad, too, I would not be forgetting about them. You would not be forgetting about them, let alone handing over money to allow them to protect your streets, right? (laughs) Also, you would have do- some trauma. Yeah. When the doctor is like, it's really important that the Daleks don't know that I'm here. And then she parks her iconic blue box on top of a tall bridge. The most visible. In a high visibility spot. What are you, what's happening here, really? What are we doing? What are we doing? Also, going to enter into the record that this is the second time in Chibnall's run that the doctor has eliminated enemies in a method that I would rate dodgy. Okay. So like a a Tesla moment, not with Tesla, but no, the master and Spyfall, the Nazis, where she's like, now the Nazis are going to see you. Yes, that was fucking dodgy. Okay, so how is this the same? Because it's eliminating the Daleks by killing them with other Daleks. Like I'm not going hard. I'm not going to the map for Daleks right now. But it is our friend Evan said Chibnall gets. The, the idea the doctor uses their powers against them, sure. but it's like being expressed in a way that's... <laughs> Has a little more ma- <laughs> maliciousness behind it. Yeah. Malice? Yeah. I don't... I'm going to rate that oh. dodgy. I think that ending Ryan and Graham the way they started is nice in theory. Like, they're wearing the same costumes and everything. But the oh, Grace yeah. cameo was... Clunky. Weird. <laughs> What are you doing? Weird. I would agree. I felt felt like an afterthought, honestly, and she doesn't deserve that. Like, I think mostly it's because the clunky visual effects here, that just really didn't help it. Because it was just so overdramatic. Like, if it, maybe if it was a little bit more subtle, or a lot more subtle, not the heavens opening up to reveal floating grace in the sky. Like, that was so much. It may have hit better if it was just somehow, like, a nod to Grace without her floating in the literal sky. Yeah. And I've got to say, like, I do appreciate that it was more from Ryan's perspective than Graham's, like, this whole episode, honestly. But, yeah. Yeah, it just felt to me like they had written out their final scene as them walking off the TARDIS. and then Which was perfect it was great and then somebody saw it and was like i wish i had a little more ryan and graham it, it just feels like it was written by committee to be tacked on at the end sure. there and it didn't it didn't add anything for me that i didn't feel like i already had and i feel like it introduced some some new troubling concepts that i didn't care for <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i agree for the most part the only thing that it did add for me like when i first when it first started i did have the feels there's something about circling back around to that motif and the visuals and it just took me back viscerally I think that was really powerful I think they just kind of screwed it up you know but the idea could have been really powerful 
I do love some of the conclusions Ryan and Graham are getting to make here. So they get to choose to be off the TARDIS for the ones they love, the ones that need them. That humans aren't nothing without the Doctor. I love that Chimnall really stuck to that for his whole run. That there are heroes whether the Doctor is around or not. Ryan, Graham, not you, Jack. Yaz, Nadia. Where's Nadia, by the way? I definitely need more Nadia next season. Hmm. Putting that out there in the universe. And another thing that I think that scene kind of adds is that Ryan doesn't have to learn to ride a bike. It's not accessible to him, and I don't think that they went super hard on that, but it was nice that they didn't do a whole inspiration porn thing, but his value doesn't come from doing the things that were built for able-bodied people, so. I'm going to save my thoughts on that for the Black Archive. Woo! <laughs> low bar, low bar. Yeah, two, a couple of things in there, but I do, like I said, really love that Chimnall sticks to... Not the big doctor in the sky that's like a god to everyone that is around them. And that even though the doctor says like humans are large, they mean everything to me. The show has always kind of been saying that humans are lesser than. And, you know, the doctor in their life is something that they just revolve around. And this run really felt like it was elevating humans truly, like with the writing, with the storytelling, with the characters themselves. It would have been more reinforced if those characters were more fleshed out equally. But uh, I do love that the role of human was more elevated. Mm. And plot, a couple things on plot. I feel like there was just a couple of, or a lot of metaphors flying around, <laughs> literally sometimes. Okay, so the promise of security from government-sanctioned violence, aka police Daleks. Like she said, in our streets. In our institutions, at our borders. So this metaphor of like the Daleks embodying white power and white rage, as the doctor tells us to never underestimate it. The way that the Daleks have a self-destructive logic. So for mutated race, they are very obsessed with purity. They have fabricated this sense of the pure Dalek, right? And that their hatred for the other leads them to literally destroy themselves. That's the thing about Daleks. For a race born out of mutation, they're pretty obsessed with purity. So, it seems like there's that thing, kind of vaguely in the episode, um, that they didn't go super hard on. And there definitely seems like there was something there in the way that the Doctor talked about her own identity. She said, I was in prison for being me. Right at the point where I wasn't sure what that meant. Which I think can mean a lot of things and can resonate in several ways, but I'm not sure we're there yet with Jody. Yeah. This, I mean, talking about the doctor as a metaphor for transness is like literally right there. It is canonically in front of you. Yes. <laughs> but that's, we'll talk about that more yes. later when we've had more time to think about it. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't, it's not even a reach. It is, it is a grab what's in front of your face. Anyways. Is it a metaphor at some points? Or? It's not. Anyways, um, I only had a couple of notes about the direction. Yeah. I loved the scene when the TARDIS first comes back and all of their reaction shots to hearing and then seeing the TARDIS and realizing yeah. that it's happening. That was really good. Their faces. Mm -hmm. I was right with them. I truly just didn't expect well, the doctor to be out of, um, what was that place called again? The jail. 
the general jail. <laughs> well, we don't know that it's Storm Cage. We've just we don't been know that anything. Head right. cannoning yeah. that it's Storm Cage. Uh, I didn't expect her to be <laughs> yeah to jailbreak so fast, and I definitely didn't expect her to find the fam and be reunited with them so fast. Yeah, super surprised. My face lit up. It's amazing. Yeah, I also. I loved the group hug. Oh, my God. It was so good. That shot from below with all of them touching their heads. I thought that was really beautiful composition. Beautiful it literally choice. made me cry. Good job, Lee Haven Jones. It made a great screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a mess, an actual mess. Yeah. Especially and, because hugs, finally. Yeah, hugs, finally. And also, I really was so sad that we will probably never hear that version of the Teen Tardis theme again. How dare you put that lovely sad piano version in, Sagoon? What? Whoa! Come on, son. Hey. Hi, fam. Yeah. If I see you, it sounds like. <laughs> Coming for our hearts on that one. Yeah. Always, honestly, though. That whole scene, though, at the end, it really felt real because the cast, that was like true tears. The cast was a true fam. Apparently, Jody was such a wreck on set that they had to carry her off at the end because she was just like bawling. No. Buddy. And that is precious to me. <laughs> and they are great. I just love how much they enjoyed actually doing the show together and that they became such close friends. Yeah. That always makes a better show. Also, I don't know where to put this, but the lighting stay fire this whole season. Yeah. And that does not exclude this episode, especially the moments of red and blue with the first Dalek that they clone. I did not appreciate seeing so many gross-ass, slimy, naked Daleks up in here. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Leo. Leo had me yelling at the screen when he started cl cloning them? What do you do? Why? Do you know how to use the computer system? Why? What about looking at that makes you think, let's have a million of them? Also, no thanks to whoever made the decision that they should bring back the the ooky, bubbly oh. one from Re Resolution. Yeah. Revolution. Gross, gross, I mean, gross. It, it did the job. Like, it's scary as fuck. Icky. Yeah. But, you know, clever people, they just need to be stopped sometimes. Yeah. They need to be stopped. I have two Dr. Ian Malcolm quotes for you, my friend. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And when you are about to incinerate the first one and you, like, hesitate and open up the box before, I don't know why you didn't just throw in the box, must go faster. Yeah, when he started opening it, I was like, slide the whole box in, my man. The whole damn thing. In, just eat it from the whole five feet. thing. Throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, let's get away from the Ookie Daleks and talk about Team TARDIS. Team TARDIS. Uh, welcome to Team TARDIS section, Captain Jack Harkness. <laughs> this was a good Jack episode, actually. I Honestly, yeah. I was really worried that it was going to be like the Jack Power Hour because all of the promos <laughs> were Jack is back in all caps. They and I was bored. like, it's going to be too much Jack for me, honestly. And but, uh, even a little bit of Jack can be too much Jack. So Yeah, you know. and again, if you love Captain Jack, hooray for you. I'm sure you were delighted. He was great. Yeah, he He's was just great. Just yeah, I think this actually, um, it was a good episode. I thought it was, despite all the promos being like, this is a Jack episode. <laughs> it really wasn't a Jack episode. It felt like more of a Ryan episode, and that's fine by me. That is the best choice. Yes. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And the moments that he did have felt really meaningful to the actual plot, to the fam, and served especially Yaz's character, which yeah. I appreciate. Again, good. 
their conversation together. Beautiful. That was some real gay solidarity shit right there. <laughs> but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, Ryan, it is the midnight hour, but <laughs> thank you for giving him something to do in this episode, first of all. Second of all, I really liked that Ryan was the one that had that conversation with 13. Things change all the time. And they should, because they have to. Same with people. Sometimes we get a bit scared because new can be a bit scary, right? New can be very scary. So when we're done with this Dalit problem, you find out about your own life. Confront the new or the old. And then everything will be all right. Will it? No doubt. Graham is usually our emotional labor person, and he is good at it. And we've talked about why we actually like that Graham's the person who does the emotional labor yeah. out of Team TARDIS. But I did like that it was Ryan who had that conversation, so we get to see his growth, and we get to see his connection to the Doctor. Yes. So it was nice to get a little bit of his interiority. Again, I wish that had happened any sooner. They deserve <laughs> more moments like yes. that. Absolutely. Tosin's great. I know. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, too, because it is usually Graham who does that. And this episode actually felt... <laughs> really Graham light, first of all. Second of all, I while I love that Graham chose to stay with Ryan, I don't think the writing earned that moment. Like, it felt, it felt like he was like, I'm going to stay. And then he was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's the right choice, but. Mm. Like, it just slid by because we knew that was the choice he yeah, was going to make. Yeah, we knew it was coming. But it was a little bit clunky. Yeah. yeah. Especially since we have come to expect such great writing for Graham. Yeah. He consistently gets uh, and, the best. Yes, and his lines are usually some of the best. So when it falls a little flat, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's also, I mean, I weirdly buy off on the Graham Yaz buddy buddy connection. There's something so about I, it. I thought that moment was very sweet and felt really like true and earned. Yeah. So yeah. it was weird that that came on the heels of that moment where it was like, are, are you sure you're leaving? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, the writing just felt weird in that moment, and then it kind of found itself again. Totally. Yeah, it found itself again. And I don't know, maybe that's why, like, the ending ending scene felt like, okay, it wrapped it up again for me. Yeah. Yeah, I just believed it because of the history of what we've seen with Graham and what we know Ryan means to him and everything. Yeah. But they could have written it a little bit better. Yeah. Slash just made him more graham light this whole season. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do believe the Yaz-Graham connection. Mm -hmm. I think... Because I think they've, got good they've, chemistry. they've had some moments, but I think they just have good chemistry as actors. Like, yeah, I think a lot of that comes through. I think it's two things. Number one, that they have good chemistry as actors and they have good rapport, probably as like castmates. Like, I think yeah. they're friends in real life. But number two, at the beginning of this season, before I think Tosin had officially said, I'm leaving, I think they were trying out different combinations to see if they could make it work, which is why you get a lot of Yaz and Graham working together slash Ryan and the Doctor working so together. So funny. So I think they were testing it out just to see how it would work if maybe just Tosin left or maybe just kind um, of Bradley left. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha. I'm like, well, now we're basically going to have Graham and Yaz. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's part of why they started building up the connection between Graham and Yaz towards the totally, end totally. of series 11 was just in case. And then they were like, now nah, we'll both leave at the same time. Anyways. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very glad for that because yeah, I, it would have been so wrong if yeah. Ryan left without Graham. Speaking of Yaz, poor, poor Yaz at the beginning of this episode, sweetie. 
Yeah. You're sleeping in. What about your job, <laughs> dude? I don't Are know if she has that anymore. anymore. Yeah, I'm okay with it because if you want to help the world, cop. you need to have a different job. Yeah, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening anymore. Yeah. But like, where is her fam? Like. She lived at home still. Like, yeah. are they not worried about her? I hope that we'll get some answers in next series. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But, yeah, I felt for her for sure at the beginning of this. And she sold it. Oh, when she, when Yaz <laughs> pushed the doctor, damn, the so way I screamed. We both screamed. And John Barrowman, well, Jack Harkness reading her for filth where yes. he was like. I had a rough time then. Without the doctor? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Saw the way he shoved her. You thought she wasn't coming back, right? You're guessing a lot from a shove. So, I saw how you shoved her. I was like, <laughs> let's talk about, let's unpack that shove. <laughs> Although, uh, lots of, again, lots of hinting around. We're we're vague. We're vague booking in here, Chibbers. Just do it. They could not be dancing around this more. And this is what I'm going to say. Just do the thing or walk the fuck away from it. Thank you. Do one or the other. Please stop, like, dancing around. She could be gay. She could be... Just listen, like, we've just been through too much. Like, as an audience, we deserve to know if it's going to happen or not. Because this isn't, like, a slow burn anymore. No. (laughs) Like... This is like we, for our sanity, please. Like, this is because I'm too cowardly to. Commit. And like, here's the thing: if Chimnall hadn't been promising this the whole time, it would still be bad. But it wouldn't be this. Like this, the way that he's been talking about how everyone will see themselves on the TARDIS, the way he's been talking about specifically LGBTQ plus uh, representation. Yeah, that's what makes it queer baiting. That right there. That yeah. is not okay. And. That's what's just making me a little bit weary for next series because a lot of this, I felt like, I you know what, I, I was really ready to be okay with what we got in this episode and thus far with Yaz and the maybe doctor shipping thing. And I was really excited even when they brought up Rose because the doctor's relationship with her and like there's some parallels there to Yaz's relationship with the doctor. Super cool. And I was really excited when Yaz was super interested in hearing about Rose and how she's stuck in a parallel universe. She's what? <laughs> but now, a lot of that joy has been honestly just sucked right out of me. Because I would have accepted those crumbs because we had a whole season of just them to look forward to. But Not anymore. Not anymore. Not so anymore. It, it honestly just changes how I view all yeah. of that. Yeah. And now it feels really bitter. I, again, entering into the formal record that if whatever the fuck... I, I'm sorry to this man, John Bishop, question <laughs> mark, if that character is like a, um, an elder gay gentleman, I would not be sad about it, Super but cute. it is, it's not what I asked for, and it's also not what was, like, dangled around us, which is why I say, just do it, or don't do it, because yeah. when you dance around it like this, it's like, I'm too cowardly to actually do the thing, yeah. a storm pilot, but I want all the woke yep. points. Yep, 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 it is a storm I, I pilot. Want, I want your brownie points it's a storm, for being progressive, it's but you're not. It's a storm pilot with, at the very end of the movie, a little baby gay kiss, and then claiming the first gay kiss in Star Wars and making a huge fucking big deal about it, or Marvel saying... The first gay character in the Marvel Marvel Universe. (laughs) Sweet fucking Jesus. Oh my god, like, that's... We've we've been through too much. And I really thought... And you can't... You can't 
cast Jodie fucking Whittaker, who's never passed a straight in her life. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even as a human being, I don't believe it until she tells me to my face. Um, and Yaz in her little TARDIS, they're absolutely not. You, what in the Brie Larson do you think you're doing? I don't even care if you're not gay. Yaz, Yasmin Khan in your presence, like, come on. Like, you can't cast those two people. And then their chemistry together. And then everything. And then and then dance around it for two fucking seasons. And then put a white straight man in there. <laughs> Just to hang out awkwardly in the corner of the room. that picture, the Robert Pattinson Just meme. insert the Ro- Robert Pattinson meme. I'm standing in the That's kitchen. how I imagine it's going to be, is Yaz and 13 having super thick tension the whole episode, and then he's just standing there awkwardly like a douchebag in the corner. <laughs> Again, it's fine. It's not fine. It's fine if you're like, I'm not going to do the gay thing because I'm too scared. Look at all those chickens. But I wish you would just stop Tell writing me. it. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> or be like, you know what? I'm going to swing hard. It's probably my last season. I'm going for it. I it's know. probably not their last season. All the internet suggests that they're going to hang around for at least one more series after Who's that. Because no one wants to go. Chibnall and Jody. My guess yeah. is they'll exit at the same time. I don't know that. I'm speculating. But most people are saying I wouldn't want the end of my run to be. An eight series. An, eight eight during season. the pandemic. Yeah. Most, yeah, that's most true. people are like, they'll probably hang around for another one. Yeah. But it's fine if you're like, I just can't. I no, can't do totally. that. It's again, it's not fine, um, but it's better if you're just like, that's too hard. And it um, basically the BBC won't let me do it. That's fine. Yeah. But just stop fucking around. Points made. Agreed. Anyways, all right. For the doctor. Oh, we have to talk about the doctor. <laughs> Speaking of which, the doctor, as we were watching this episode, I was realizing that I only have a vague memory of the series 12 finale. Because when she Same. was like explaining to Ryan about what happened on Gallifrey, I right? was like, oh my God, you guys don't know about the Timeless Children reveal. <laughs> you guys have so much to talk about. <laughs> and now Ryan's the only one that knows. knows Ryan know. will never know. I mean, Ryan will probably tell him, but never from the doctor. Yaz doesn't know shit. She, yeah, she didn't even tell him the master lived, although oh. I'm not sure that she knows. I'm sure she knows. Like, in your soul, you should always know that the master lives. Absolutely. But that was just one of those moments where I was like, oops, maybe we should have rewatched that. Well, well. Yeah. I, in this episode, I don't think we learned anything new about the Doctor. (laughs) 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 But I think Jodi is doing great with that same beat. I would love an arc of any kind in series 13. I will take anything. I will take I am mad. And I have to work through my anger about what's happened. I will take it. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, love, we gotta peek at that. I don't love shouty, angry doctor, Time Lord Victorious. Not my jam. But yeah. if it if it's included it in an arc, something. I would be... Okay, I'll fine. I know. Yeah, I think we really come to expect an arc for the doctor, as we should, after 12's run, yeah. specifically. Because if we ignore 12's run... An arc is not always promised no, for no. the Doctor. None of the new Who Doctors have an arc. Right? I said what I said. But Besides 12, no one has an arc. Moving along. Oh, we've said that before on our podcast, and we stand by it. Oh, I will. They are the main character of the show, after all, so an arc would be nice. But Jodie has the chops to not be static, she and every time you chops. give her an inch, she goes a fucking mile yeah. with the material you give her. So, like, even in this episode, like, even... I, okay, so a little bit that we do get in this episode. I think the main thing that it's wrapping up for us and just kind of giving us a summary of is she is learning that even though she was told a lie about literally everything about herself, her whole damn life or lives, she gets to choose who she is, who her family is, 
and what she has chosen up until now, up until this point, that doesn't go away, even though she learns that everything else outside of her control has been a lie. Yeah. So I love that for her. Again, love it. We learned that in Fugitive and in the finale, but she is doing great like with I said, that same beat. Summing it up. Go again. ahead. Get down <laughs> with your bad self. Moving along. Like, did we, we learned, I don't think she learned it. I think, I think she did in the finale. Yeah, maybe the finale. Again, we need to watch it again. Because <laughs> the finale is when but I she loved hearing... hears Ruth Doctor say, yeah, when's Ruth... that ever stopped you? And she tells the master, yeah. oh, you think you got me down? Wait till you see this. But like us all, we need to learn lessons, like, immediately after we've just learned them. Like and I, said, I, I do love... Get down with your bad self. Keep going. That doing Ryan gets to tell her that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Again. I think she... I just think she needed the reassurance. She's sometimes just pretty insecure. insecure. Yeah. Are you feeling insecure? Because you seem to need a lot of praise. Fucking still loves that line. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was exactly as wonderful as the trailer. And promised. I'm still so surprised, Jack. You have really never heard that in your <laughs> really? life. I don't no think one has so. had no the balls to tell you, you that. No, no, he takes up a lot of space. I'll bet no one has. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And if someone has, he immediately injects that out of his brain. I'm sure. But yeah, I I loved that moment with the doctor, and they deserved more moments like that. Last thing about thirteen in her. Something resembling an arc. Uh, I appreciated something. I appreciated some of the first episode callbacks, such as in her conversation with Ryan, he tells her, new can be very scary, which is something she was telling to Sim Shaw in Women Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. You can be scary. So there were definitely a few very Chimnall-type ties from, like, beginning to end yeah. type of story arcs that he was closing up. I don't know. I just feel like that's a really Chimnall thing. I don't know why. To, like, link back? This is my only exposure to him. But knowing that there are seeds planted in the first episode that were just, like, truly a setup for the last episode with this fam. Well, I mean, I was going to say, of course that's part of Broadchurch, because Broadchurch is a murder mystery. (laughs) You would think... You mean the murder gets solved at the end? You mean clues are strewn throughout? (laughs) Wild. (laughs) Okay. That's it for the Echelon Circuit series for now. We won't be back on this timeline again until we get a trailer for Series 13, which is probably ages from now. See you in another lifetime. Yeah. Truly can't even imagine <laughs> what year that's going to be. 2039? That's not a year. Okay. But you can catch us on our regular timeline next week to talk about the seventh episode of Series 12, Can You Hear Me? Until next time. Be gay. Do crimes. Do crimes.